What is going on, everybody? This is the big monster, Joey T, with my homeboy, Rob. Robert. Yeah, Rob, Robbie, whatever. However yeah, you want to yeah, call whatever you want to call me. And we're here to bring you the most insightful, intelligence, yet somewhat zany, maybe crazy at times. Potentially. Um, analysis slash just lifting up of the Cardinals and Arizona State. The football team. Of course, the... Um, Education really... there sometimes is a little lacking, but yeah, and the basketball team hasn't really proved anything yet either. So, yeah. but it, this is the glorious football season. We we are here. It has begun. Did... It has begun, everyone, and it's an exciting time. Coming off an amazing weekend where the Cardinals put it on the 49ers 34-27, and ASU showed who they were. By a spanking of that, a 52-21. Finally showing off that high-powered offense. This is our first episode, so we didn't really get to cover the previous week where they kind of didn't have the greatest showing against NAU, which was their first game of the season. Finally, they got it together, posted a pretty decent score in my opinion, and they're off to a good start, 2-0. Yeah, the scoreboard's all that really matters. You know, exactly. NAU game was kind of a joke, but... We got through. We won. We're two and zero. We're getting ready to play Colorado next week. That's right. Which heading they're up, heading up to Boulder. On they're the road. A, they're a for, formidable opponent. I mean, they're a, a major program in the country. They have this probably isn't going to be their best year, but they're a legitimate program. It's not NAU or yeah. <laughs> it would have been nicer had they not lost their opener to a one double A team. That would have been so much better if we could have gone in there facing a pretty decent opponent this year. But uh, I don't want to discount them though. Knock on wood. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a, another strong showing though heading into Cal the week after. But cool. let's let's get right into the Cardinals here. I mean it was a great game yesterday. Today is Monday, just for all of you that don't know. But we're gonna attempt to keep this show going every Monday af- after the weekend of sports. We'll have Cardinals on Sunday, except which they're doing in the first time in a long time. The Cardinals are playing on a Monday night football against the Chicago Bears in week six. Which the last time I remember there was a Monday night football game, um, Aeneas Williams knocked Steve Young up out. <laughs> so the last time I remember a Monday night football game, the Cardinals weren't even involved. All right, let's, let's just get right into the game. It didn't start off so well for us. It was a little tough seeing the 49ers score on their first drive. Yeah, it was a ridiculous little... Fake block play. They're going to do that in film, and they'll definitely make sure it never happens again. Yeah, I mean, they in the first quarter, it seemed like most of the plays that the 49ers ran that were very successful were trick plays. I mean, they had a weird reverse that happened later on in the first quarter after that first drive. It just kind of caught the Cardinals off guard. Usually in the NFL, the first game of the season is when most teams will try those trick plays just to see if they'll try it later on in the season to see if maybe it'll work. Yeah, but the Cardinals came back four minutes later, and Troy Walters caught a two-yard pass from Kurt Warner to tie it up. And then from there, we basically just had our way with them. Yeah, the we, recovered, we recovered a fumble just right there in the, in the within striking distance of the red zone. We scored right there, too. Touchdown to... Well, Edger and James, we actually had a running back run the football into the end zone. That's just unheard of in the in Arizona and the Cardinals football team, you know? Yeah, you could definitely tell just like the threat of Edron James did a whole lot more for us. Where before, like no one's really going to respect Marcel Ship. 
no one's going to respect JJ Arrington, but even though in the stats, Edron only got about like 75 yards, which isn't dominating numbers by any means. Yeah, he only averaged about a little less than three yards per carry, and that's definitely not good in the NFL. But for the first time in a long time, there was an actual running back that had more than 20 carries in a game. That, to me, shows signs of faith in our running game, that we're committing to it, and that we're not just going to pass every down. Yeah, and also we just picked up Chris Lewinsky off the cut list. Once he starts gelling From with the Vikings, if I yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, once he starts gelling with those five guys, it's going to be a more, I guess, polished offensive line, which they did really well for the first half. Yeah, I mean, and when Oliver Ross returns from his injury, hopefully that'll solidify it even more. I mean, offensive line was really good at their pass protection in the first half, basically. They didn't let the Niner rush get to Kurt Warner at all. They could have done a lot better in the run protection, but for the most part, Kurt Warner had his way with the 49er secondary. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Kurt Warner, we're hearing whispers of uh, maybe another MVP run for Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner may be MVP. You goofy dog. But uh, anyway, um, if he keeps on putting up three touchdowns every game, it's going to be pretty undeniable. Undeniable. Yeah, he's on pace for 48 touchdowns right now, and that's just simple math. It's, it's ridiculous, you know? He's... I'm hearing rumors. Rumors are going, rumors. are flying around. I don't know who started it. Could have been me, but <laughs> he may be breaking Peyton Manning's touchdown record. Oh, for sure, for sure. Our big three fits. He tore it up. He had like nine catches, 133 yards. This basically made the San Francisco secondary look non-existent. Yeah, I mean, and that, and he even had a couple drop passes too, which was kind of uncharacteristic of him. And a Q, he was steady for four catches and 62 yards, which is a 15-yard average. And, I mean, they're going to take turns just one game, Fitz is going to catch 10, and, and Anquan will only catch, like, two or something, or um, however it's going to work. But when it's all said and done, their numbers are basically going to even out. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, it seems like the way that the Cardinals are running their offense are kind of running Fitzgerald more of a deep threat than Anquan Bolden because Q, he, he really knows how to – break a couple tackles once he catches that ball so they'll they'll toss it to him you know the five ten yard routes and he'll make it into a 15 yard play which is pretty evident of the average that he had this game yeah i love those little quick slants because i mean it just seems like q bounces off yeah and he'll knock people down he doesn't even he doesn't really bounce off people he'll knock them down i mean sports illustrated just put him as the number five most feared player in the NFL right now. The coming as a wide receiver, that's he's the only he was the only one on there. Like that's including all the big name guys, TO and all them. Yeah, West I definitely knows what they're talking about. The defense in the first half. Oh looks looks stellar, except for that first opening drive. Aside from that, they looked pretty solid. Yeah, they were they they were they were feisty. There was like five hats on every tackle Forced two fumbles. Two fumbles in the first quarter there. Just right off the bat, you know, hitting up Frank Gore, the running back for the 49ers, just forced a fumble on him and then forced a fumble from the rookie Vernon Davis. So they they pretty much knew what they were doing. Clancy Pendergast has really been pushing them to strip that ball in their tackles. The downside is it seems like there were a lot of arm tackles and they were trying to do that. So it, yeah. a, a couple plays slipped out of their hands especially against frank gore he was a little too cool for what he actually is so 
Yeah, they straight up tried to turn Frank Gore into like Larry Johnson or something like that. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it, horrible. Oh. But uh, I'm so impressed with Gerald Hayes. He has definitely just earned a little soft spot in my heart. Um, he had five tackles and just he was always around the ball, just a ball hawk. Him, Antro Roll, led us in tackles with seven. They were just all over the place. I really love the, the little skirmish between Eric Green and a- Antonio Bryant. Yeah, that was that was pretty entertaining at first. I mean, not for us so much when they called the penalty on Eric Green for an unsportsmanlike conduct. He got in a little tough with Antonio Bryant near the end zone, which cost him three pretty crucial yards. And it, it wasn't even really his fault. You know, Antonio Bryant pushed first. Eric Green just got caught. But, but it's all good because during the 49ers' last drive, before they kicked that field goal to put him within a possession range, Antonio Bryant got called for a 15-yard penalty, which really just, just, just stopped their drive, and they had to go for a field goal just to preserve time. Yep. Payback was definitely sweet in that case. So, some of just the downsides that overall, we won the game. So that's really all that matters. We got a really, really tough matchup against Seattle next week, so it's very possible we just kind of eased up and we just jumped out to that 21-7 lead. But penalties, 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 penalties. Penalties were killer. I remember we had like over 75 yards in penalties. It was our actually 11 penalties for 85 yards. Well, Darnell Dockett had a pretty mean hit on Alex Smith as he was running out of bounds. Went Went for the knees. Pretty scary hit because it could have taken his knees out for you know a career. It seemed like just this weekend, Trent Green goes down yep. with a pretty pretty big hit going out of bounds as well. It just kind of was a little scary thought. It's pretty sure that Darnell Dockett's going to get fined, unfortunately, too for it. So. Well, and he should. That play showed zero discipline. He was Alex Smith was scrambling out of bounds. Even maybe his foot was still in bounds, but he was throwing the ball away. There was no reason to take that hit, and the and the way that the referees protect and baby the quarterbacks, you gotta know not to go for that. And yeah, the word you, you have to know <laughs> the word discipline is key right there. You said it best, discipline, because it just seemed like a lot of the plays, their heads yeah. just were not in it. Robert Griffith had a play just like that too, knocked him. Yeah, knocked a guy right as he was heading out of bounds. I think it was was it Antonio Bryan also. Yeah, or? yeah, it was. We need to get our heads in the game. Hopefully. Denny Green and Clancy will preach some, some sanity <laughs> into those guys, so hopefully they'll get their heads back into it. I mean, oh, come on. The O-line, it, it, it's not where we want it yet. It's, it's really not, not where we yet. want it I mean, yet. like we said earlier, the first quarter was pretty, pretty cool because they were able to protect Kurt Warner, but when our key free agent signing of the offseason is only getting less than three yards per carry, it just kind of shows that we're not ready just quite yet. Hopefully we can get it all together for the Seattle game. Hopefully we'll practice quite a bit, get those guys into shape and make them a, a solid unit going into Seattle. Because, I mean, right now we could really, really do some damage if we were to take that game from the Seahawks because they just this weekend had a 9-6 to win. They didn't even score a touchdown. It was <laughs> yeah. just kind of kind of a lame game right there. But hopefully we can, like I said, take that win and we'll be on a on an awesome start going 2-0. and And then taking a win from a team that was just in the Super Bowl last year would be amazing. Yeah, and like you could just tell watching the flow of the game 
the edge just had nowhere to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he had a couple big runs for like over ten yards. I think he had like maybe like like four of them or something. But he overall, you saw him just kind of diving forward, looking for any kind of life. He was there was guys in the backfield right off the bat, and he, I mean he's good enough to break one tackle, but he should be breaking that <laughs> tackle three yards further down the field. Yeah, not his own backfield. <laughs> not his own backfield exactly. Hopefully they can get that straightened out. And uh, in in the second half, I mean. The Niners had uh, Kurt Warner looking like Michael Vick out there. <laughs> oh, I know. Kurt Warner was, you know, adjusting his jersey every two seconds because he was on the floor just getting knocked around and running running away from the defenders. I mean, again, cannot trust it enough. We won our first game. I mean, how many years have we just flopped in our first game and we start out 0-1 and the season's already gone? I mean, scoreboard. Scoreboard. <laughs> That's the answer to any kind of complaint we give. You just say, scoreboard. Scoreboard. So, hey, let's move into ASU. Yeah, let's go straight into the game. I mean, the Sun Devils come out winning as well. Awesome weekend for Arizona sports, especially in football. The Sun Devils took on the Nevada Wolfpack and their marketed pistol offense. Which, Ooh, scared yeah, of the ooh, pistol. Scared of the pistol. Don't come with know. the pistol, Nevada. Yep, but it's just a cheesy marketing term that they give an offset <laughs> shotgun formation. They just kind of... St- move the quarterback in a couple yards from where he would normally stand in a shotgun formation and it just kind of gives them a little more variety when it comes to their offensive formations looks like the sun devils handled them pretty well the first half the sun devils pr- pretty much put it on them rudy carpenter showing why he needed to stay here i mean obviously okay they're playing nevada so i mean i'm not ready to pull out the heisman card yet not yet but he did have a, a passer rating of 228. He yeah. had about 333 yards, which 33 is a perfect number. Everybody knows that. Yep. Uh, five touchdowns, one interception didn't really mean anything. So. Yeah, and unfortunately that interception was returned for a touchdown. But it was in the first quarter. That was the only way that, or excuse me, the second quarter. That was the only way that Nevada kind of scored then. So it just kind of really demoralized their offense by shutting them down in the first half. Rudy Burgess, unfortunately, went out with what is reported to be a mild concussion. Yeah. Everybody make sure you say your prayers for Rudy Burgess tonight. Yeah. (laughs) back on the field. He's just one of those difference makers. Just You got to put the ball in his hands. Exactly. He'll just go off and do something. I mean, he was already starting the game out really awesome with two catches for 41 yards. On that first drive, yeah. On the opening drive of the game, that's when he, he already had those stats. Could you imagine just him going the whole game with statistics going like that he would have wound up with eight catches for 200 yards okay so who's who's ryan terrain man where did he come from it just shows you our depth at the running back position it started out people were thinking keegan herring was just going to be the starter and that that was a guy that they were going to go to but our depth has really shown through that you know pretty much any guy has been able to step into that running back position and really really gain some yards and even a couple scores It'll be real interesting just to see who um, who kind of just comes through as the number one back. Terrain's yards are a little inflated because he had that one big 40-yard run. If you know if they wouldn't have had that, uh, they, they probably would have had very similar numbers. It'll just be real interesting to watch and just to see who's going to emerge as our kind of go-to guy. I think this next Colorado game will definitely tell a lot about that. That's for sure. And then maybe even a couple <sighs> games after that will really solidify who the main go-to running back yeah. will be. As for a couple outstanding performances on the defensive end, 
uh, rookie Ryan McFoy had a pretty decent showing here. Well, not really rookie, freshman. Yeah, I freshman mean. rookie, yeah, whatever. Freshman I mean, rookie, you know, same it, thing. But well, he's a true freshman. Oh, yeah, so. true freshman. So he really is a, a rookie to the college game. But he, <laughs> he had a, an interception return for a touchdown. Then late later in the game, he had a, a sack coming off the end there. And he really, really showed through that he has quite a bit of heart. And hopefully that that's a sign of the future for this team also. Also, Deron Ware just keeps on impressing me too. I mean, he, he kind of made his mark in the NAU game. He just kind of still solidified that he's going to be one of the anchors of the defense as a, a weak side linebacker. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he really showed through four sacks in that NAU game, and we didn't get a chance to talk about that game. But now, I guess we are kind of talking about it. So, well, but yeah, but it's NAU. Yeah, like, they don't need to be talked about. Yeah, exactly. They we don't need to give them any room to breathe at all. No, no credit. And we no probably credit. don't even need to mention that uh, U of A got beat forty-five to three by LSU. LSU put it on. Yeah, we probably don't need to mention that, but whatever. Okay, so Terry Richardson. Where's he at? <laughs> Donde está Terry Richardson, man? Donde estás, Terry? No, I mean, we've been waiting three years for this guy to step up and do something. I know. I mean, last year he was awesome at returning punts and everything, but he hasn't, this season, he only has two catches for 40-something yards. That's just not cutting it, Terry. You need to, you need to get your head in the game, stop, you know, dilly-dallying around. <laughs> And just get get back in there, you know? But um, someone that just, I mean, consistently keeps on proving himself as the best tight end in Pac-10. I mean, maybe maybe the whole nation is... Quite possibly. Is Zach Miller. Zach Miller. I mean, he came through with five catches for 53 yards and another just hallmark, ridiculous reception, falling out of the end zone, getting a foot down. Exactly. <laughs> he just screams Todd Heap. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? he, he's apparently broken the record for touchdown receptions by a tight end at Arizona State. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. We'll be seeing him at the next level, that's for sure. And my favorite receiver, I mean, of course, is... Mike Jones! Who? I love Mike Jones, man. So he seems like he's really going to give us just a, as like like a, a flanker type receiver. Oh, heck yeah. He had an amazing catch diving at, in the end zone as well. And he just knew what to do with it. Just kept it. Went down. Touchdown. Booyah, basically. Booyah, exactly. <laughs> um, another little outstanding performance was Nate Kimbrough. Kind of a, a new name coming out the wide receiver yeah. end. Uh, he had an amazing catch as well. It was like 52 yards, 50, something like that. 52 yards, there you go. Rudy saw him wide open, threw it out there. He was all alone. He just had to catch the ball. Focus, caught it, end zone. Another hallmark of our high-powered offense is we only punted one time. So obviously if we can keep from just those three and outs and whatnot, we'll be fine. Just as a preview to next week's game, the Sun Devils take on the Colorado Buffaloes. Which has just been horrible. I mean, there is no way why Colorado should be 0-2 before their conference play. Yeah, they lost to Montana State, 1-AA team. Then they lost to in-state rivals Colorado State. They just kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, there's no other real word for them. Seriously. Things that they're going to try to do is their quarterback, Bernard Jackson, he had a, a decent game, but he he seems like he's more of like an option quarterback. Yeah, he's a, he is very mobile in the pocket, hoping that the Sun Devils can contain him. The Sun Devils have a pretty speedy defense. Yeah, that, that really shouldn't be a problem for us. 
they're averaging 190 uh, yards a game so far, which is really good. They're not putting it in the hole. They're they're averaging like 10 points a game so far. Yeah, that's that's nothing compared to our 20 something game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to be able to beat ASU, you got to score at least 35 points. It's just just right now. I'm just yeah, saying that right now. That, that's, <laughs> just so you know, that's just how we work. We we are very high powered offense. Don't pay so much attention to the defense. <laughs> it's kind of like the Suns, you know. I mean, it really comes down to possessions, though, because the more possessions you yeah. have, the more likely a chance you have of scoring. Hopefully, the Sun Devils can keep those possessions to a very efficient mark of scoring. We can keep doing, like you said, where we keep those three and outs to a minimum, punt very few times like we did this past week, yeah, and just get it on. My prediction is ASU 42, Colorado 21. Works for me. <laughs> Let's jump into next week's game against Seattle. This is a huge, huge game for the Cardinals. I'm huge. sorry I didn't preface that with we're talking about the Cardinals now. The Seahawks did not look impressive last not week at all. Not at all. Sean Alexander just did not show up. He had 70 yards rushing. Very similar performance to Edge, but with an offensive line like Seattle's, he yeah. he should be doing a little better and at least scoring some touchdowns like he did last year where he broke the record. Yeah, if you can't score against the Detroit Lions, then you know you might want to kiss those Super Bowl aspirations goodbye. Yeah, you need you guys need to get it together, but hopefully you get it together after you play <laughs> after us. us. Yeah, I mean if the Cardinals can come in, go to Seattle, and just somehow steal a victory from them, there's really no reason why we shouldn't be. Start, start the season like 4-0 because we play St. Louis next week, which they surprisingly looked a whole lot better than Seattle did. Yeah, seriously. This Valley would go nuts because they've been clamoring at having a good NFL franchise for a long time, and this is the year that it may happen. And this game would really solidify their case to potentially be a great team in the future. Some keys that the Cardinals are going to need to do against Seattle is they got to stay committed to the run. Yesterday, Edge got 26 attempts. He, he, he needs to get that again. He needs steady attempts. By next week, um, we can just hope that the offensive line is gelling a little more. We need to stay active defensively. Just keep buzzing to the ball. Six guys every tackle every time and just stay active. Uh, Seattle, I don't think, is that much better than us. Not really. really. I mean, last year... Sean Alexander put it on us again yeah. in the two games that we yeah. played. He scored like three rushing touchdowns each time he played against <laughs> us. So all the fantasy nerds were pretty much ready to start him every time <laughs> you guys played us. But hopefully this defense can really commit to defending against the run as well. Now, unfortunately, just coming down the wire, the Seattle Seahawks picked up Deion Branch from yeah. the New England Patriots. It gives them a, a number one receiver. Because Nate Burleson and Jackson, yeah, exactly. They just Oop. all, yeah, <laughs> they they just don't know how to catch the ball all that well. Fortunately, there was one key injury to the Seahawks that could be of great great interest to us. Would be that of Walter Jones. He went down with an injury in that game and could be out for the next game, which would help us a lot better with our offense going <laughs> the way they're going right now. So uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we we never wish anybody harm or anything. Oh, no, not at all. Just <laughs> just against the teams that we play in the yeah. league. And, I mean, I hope for a speedy recovery after that, um, just long enough until he's injured the next time he plays us. Exactly, exactly. That really wraps it up? That really wraps us up. If you guys have any 
comments, questions that you want to send us, we are available at, at our email address at asucardinals at gmail.com. So, Gmail represents. So please send any any comments or questions that you have just straight to that email address. We'll check it every every day. So you will likely hear a response in the podcast the next week if you get that to us in time. When the Cardinals go, you know, 16-0 and 0 yep. into the playoffs, you can say that you heard it here first. You heard it here first. The Devil, Devil Cardinal Eggs podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, guys.